I'm glad to be here. It has been over seven years since I've been here to speak. And I told one of the elders that if they waited that long again, they'd have to come to heaven to get me. Because by then, that's where I'll be. I want to thank you first for the support of our work you've provided for so many, many years. We're in the 31st year of full-time evangelism and mission work. And you've been with us since almost the beginning. And we appreciate it and love you. My lady would love to have been here tonight. But she's in a place far better than this, and this is awful good. I'm glad that we could come. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. I find this to be an interesting and inspiring, motivating section of Scripture. Abraham was told to go to a land that he did not even know where he was going. I think of that so often. How many of us would be willing to do what Abraham did? He had already been called out of Hur, Ur and Haran to go to another land. And the Bible says that he knew not where he was going. But lean in and listen. He knew who told him to go. And that made all the difference in the world. The Bible says that he dwelled in tents with Isaac and Jacob, also heirs of the promise. He lived in a foreign country foreign to him on his way to the promised land. I have often wondered what his motivation was. What caused him to just get up and go and do like God told him to do? And I believe the answer to that question is in our reading tonight. The Scripture says that he waited for a city which have foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I see in those words an eagerness, a longing, a looking for that city, which have foundations, whose builder and maker is God. When I look at that really, I see almost Abraham reaching out as far as he could reach with eagerness to get to the place where he was going. Eagerness to do what the Lord told him to do. I love that passage of Scripture. And I want to challenge you tonight to lean in and listen. As we think about the promise of a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. 
I remember down at Herman Junction. Everybody ought to know where it is. It's where I grew up. And I grew up hearing a song with the title, Looking for a City. And here are the words. Here among the shadows, in a lonely land, we're a band of pilgrims on the move, burdened down with sorrows, shunned on every hand, looking for a city built above. In this land of dangers, going here and there, uh, resting in the blessed Savior's love, though we may be strangers in this world of care, looking for a city built above. Now here's the chorus. Listen, you'll know it. I ought to bust out singing and see. Anybody in there old as me will know this song. I doubt there's anybody in here old as me. Here's the chorus. Looking for a city where we'll never die, where the sainted millions never say goodbye. There we'll meet our Savior and our loved ones too. Come, O Holy Spirit, all our hopes renew. What a city. I want you to look with me tonight at the city that God has built a city with foundations that God Himself made. I want us to look at what kind of city it is. It's a city that's lasting. God made it. I've been a lot of places other than Herman Junction. I've seen a lot of beautiful cities like Paris and many others. I've seen a lot of beautiful buildings. But I'll tell you this, all of those cities and all of those buildings will someday be a pile of ashes. I read a long time ago where Brother Marshall Keeble, one of the most well-known preachers among us years ago, went to a place to speak at the dedication of a new building. And he commended the elders and others for having the foresight of building that building. It was a beautiful thing, maybe similar to this. But when Brother Keeble got done, he said, someday it'll be a pile of ashes. And that's true. But this city won't be like that. Because God made it. God built it. And it is a lasting city. In Luke chapter 1, and the verse is 33. His kingdom will live forever. It will never die. He will reign over His kingdom 
until there is no end. I know something about the beginning of things. I see things as they begin. I know a little bit about the end of things as I have seen things end. But here is a city that God made, and of that city there will be no end. I love it. I love thinking about that kingdom that will last forever, that city that God built, and of that city there will be no end. It's a city that takes faith to enter it. I want to say this right now. Where there is no faith, there is no entrance into this city. Someone may come along and declare that there is no God. Somebody else may declare that the Word of God is not His authority. They may deny the sonship of Jesus and do a lot of other things, believe a lot of other things. But if you're going to enter this city, there must be faith on our part. It's in Hebrews chapter 11 and the verses 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's clear. It's easy to understand. It is a part of God's truth. So where there is no faith, there is no entrance into the city that God has made. When my lady was lying on her deathbed, I was turned with my back to her, listening to the doctor give us the shocking news that we might just have her through the night. And I don't know if she heard that or not, but suddenly I heard her talking. And I turned around to the bed where she was lying on it, and she was saying, over and over and over again, trust and obey. Trust and obey. I don't know how many times she said it, but it was the way to die. I don't know of a better way to die than to be saying trust and obey because faith must be in our lives if we're going to see that kingdom that will never end. Abraham, the friend of the faithful. Abraham, doing things that were accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham, the father of us all, just got up and did what God told him to do. As you go on this journey with Abraham, as you read and study your Bible, you go on this journey with him as he leaves his homeland to go to this place that God told him to go. Abraham encountered a lot of hazards along the way. The trip wasn't easy, and ours isn't either. As we make our way from this land 
to that city that God made. We're going to have some hazards. I've been preaching full time for a little over 64 years. I started when I was seven. Did you believe that? If you didn't, I'm surprised. During that time, I've been with a lot of people in a lot of hard circumstances. I've been with people who lost a child or a parent or brother or sister or whatever. I've been with people when death has rocked their very soul. I've been with people when there was divorce, broke the home all to pieces. I've been with people when there is serious, serious illness in their life. There are hazards as we make this journey to that city. I wish it would be easy. I wish we didn't have any hazards. I wish we could make our way from this life to that city that God built. I wish we could do that with the, the ease that we all long for, but that's not going to happen. There are hazards that we must deal with. None of us are going to be challenged in the way Abraham was. When he was told to offer his son Isaac as a burnt offering, Abraham went as far as he could go until he was stopped and a ram was provided in the place of his son. But think for a minute about Abraham and the hard, hard thing that he had to experience before he knew that it would be no more. Hazards are on the way. But this is a lasting city. God built it. That's my great, great niece that started up here to help me. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Maybe you ought to let her come on. What kind of city is it? Here's something I like to talk about. What kind of city is this that God built? What kind of city is it? Well, the Bible says there'll be no sin there. I go to congregations sometime where there are policemen in the foyer of the building. At a certain time in the services, doors are locked. That's a sickening thing to me. That we have to be concerned about somebody walking in a church building and mowing people down. Or they go into a school building and kill a bunch of our children. We live in a mess of a world. We live in a time of turmoil like I've never seen in my life. But this city I'm talking about tonight 
There will be no sin there. Revelation 21, and the verse is 27, where the Bible says that there will be nothing in this city that causes an abomination or a lie, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. No sin. I, I try to understand it, but I know I can't. A place where there's no sin. And we think immediately about these major things, like I just mentioned, killing of innocent people and so forth. But there'll be no gossiping there either. There'll be no one of these things that we count as little sins. There'll just not be any sin. How amazing that will be. There will be no more death. Death is an awful thing, I can tell you that. During all of these years, over 63 years, when my lady passed, of helping other people, let me tell you, I thought I knew what sorrow was. But on October 28, 2022, I learned that I'd never touch the hem of the garment. Today's her birthday and our son's birthday. Our son was born on my lady's 21st birthday. And so death has a tremendous effect upon us. And the Bible says that in this city that God made, there will be no more death. 1 Corinthians 15 and the verses 26. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. My, my, how grateful I am. It's a beautiful city. Built four square. Streets of gold. You know, I've been told by some of the younger preachers that those streets are not real gold. I don't know how they know that. But if I want to think these streets are of gold like the Bible says, I'll just do it, and I do. Clear crystal gold. There's the river of life flowing through it with a tree of life on either side, and we can pluck and eat from that tree and live forever. Isn't that something? It's a beautiful place beyond description. A city where the sainted millions never die. I know that God said, Jesus said, there will be a few that will enter that city. And that's true. But boy, when I begin to think about 
Those whom I know will be there. All the babies, all those babies that Pharaoh killed and that Herod killed, they're going to be in heaven. Old Herod's going to have to face those kids and he's going to be judged by the one that he tried to kill and failed. All of those who are developmentally disabled are going to be in heaven. And all of those who have lived a faithful Christian life are going to be in heaven. So there's going to be a bunch of people in heaven. I am so glad. But let me tell you something. This city is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. If I had my way, it would be. I'd just open the gates and let anybody, everybody in because I don't want anybody to go to hell. And that's the only alternative. Heaven. It requires a change of heart by faith in God. As I mentioned earlier, where there is no faith, there is no entrance into this building that God made. It requires faith. That faith brings about a change of our heart. We don't live like we did. It requires a change of our life through repentance of sin. I, I don't care who you are. Before you become a Christian, you must repent of sins. I've known a couple of people that denied that they had ever sinned. One was a man who I think was 77. One of the elders at Levy and I went to see him. And the elder asked him, well, don't you want to be baptized? And he said, yes. Boy, I thought we've done something nobody before us has ever done. Get this man to be baptized. But, he said, I'll never repent because of never sin. We didn't baptize him. And he died in a lost state. To make this city yours, you must experience a change of life through repentance. I've studied with people and they agreed with everything I said until we got to repentance. I studied with a, a woman in Romania, studied with her for three years. And I called her not to her face, but I told my lady, she's the meanest woman I've ever met. She would always come with a group of women. She'd bring some others with her of various denominational beliefs. And they'd get in a fight among themselves and she'd just sit and watch. And I was supposed to study with her. So one time when we went, I told my lady, now we're going to get her to to come and she's going to bring some other ladies and I want you to study with them and I'm going to study with Rodica. He pitched a fit when we made that uh, separation uh, 
and I just studied with her. But we got down to studying the Bible, and I'll never forget. When we began to talk about repentance, she said, do you drink when you go to a wedding? And I said, absolutely not. Do you dance when you go at a wedding? Absolutely not. And she put her hands together like this. She had them on the table and she laid her head down on her hands and she said, what else am I going to have to quit doing when I become a member of this church? Boy, she didn't want to repent, but she finally did and became a child of God and brought a lot of other people whom we taught and baptized into Christ. Repentance. And then there must be a change of our allegiance to Jesus Christ through confession that He is the Son of God. No sweeter words have ever fallen from the lips of anybody than to say that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then we experience a change in our relationship to God by being baptized for the remission of sins. Outside of Christ, not a child of God, not obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will never enter this city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. This city is not for people who refuse to obey the gospel. This city is for those who are faithful in their daily lives. I grew up a few miles down the road, and I was in Jonesboro quite a bit as I got older. And then I have preached in almost every church in this city through the years. And I think I know some about the church and its people. And I think I know tonight that if all of those who have been baptized into Christ should suddenly begin to attend services, this building would be running over. Faithfulness. A term that sometimes we don't like to talk about. But if we don't talk about it and people continue in unfaithfulness, they're going to be lost. Here we have a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. Please don't make the devastating mistake that most devastating mistake that you'll ever make as long as you live by refusing to do what God said do. Abraham did what he did because God told him to do it. God tells us tonight to obey the gospel and become Christians. God tells us tonight to be faithful unto death. And then he says, I'll give you a crown of life. Listen to me. I'm looking for my crown. I'm looking for my crown. Sometimes 
in our conversations, it is with me at least, with other people, we'll talk about turning the clock back. And sometimes I say, boy, that'd be good if we could turn the clock back. And life could be like it was at Herman Junction. And then I think if we turned it back, it would take us farther from home. I'm getting close and I'm looking for my crown. I'm looking for my claim, my title to that mansion that Jesus said he'd prepare for us in that city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. If you're not ready to go there, I hope you'll get ready. Right now, while we stand and sing.